Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's up, y'all? This is Biddy from DGB. I'm here to put y'all up on game about Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a quick rundown. Now, basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Now, here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or the computer. So no matter what your setup is, you can start creating today. That means you can't make no excuses about you got to go on Amazon, get this microphone, get this certain camera. I need this and that. No, you can go right on Anchor, record today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify and any other places where you uh, listen to podcasts. Um, You can do that with a single tap. It's easy. Just record, click. Anchor is also the only place where you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. Now, with Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. All you got to do is go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what's your excuse, man? Get started. Like, now. Y'all know what time it is, man. It's your boy, Shawty Red, on the track. Just jumped off the porch. Dirty glove best. Yeah. We got the legendary Shouty Red off the porch with us today. How you feeling today, bro? Man, blessed. Highly favored. He did. We got a new president. <laughs> man, that's that's something to celebrate right there, man. Yeah, yeah. Real talk. Yeah. Now, we appreciate you coming by today, man. It's an honor to have you here on the porch, bro. Hey, man, I appreciate y'all having me, man. You know, yeah. they've been ready to see this interview. For sure, man. You did? Yeah. So, how's the hand, man? I think people that follow you on social media have seen, you know. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's getting there. Like, you know, I had eight doctors, like, top of the line doctors said they were surprised I could even move my fingers. True. You know, because I hit a tendon, uh, I hit an artery, could have bled out to death. So, you know, I can still move my fingers, so that's a blessing. Okay. So it's getting there. Yeah. You know. Still been able to cook up? Oh, man, I'm one hand band <laughs> man, man. You feel me? You know, I just, I just said, fuck it, I'm going to get on the computer like the young niggas. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm going to use the mouse too, shit. <laughs> you feel me? Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's take it back, man. What had inspired you to start making beats at first, bro? Man, to be honest, man, um, my parents, like, my parents always listen to music. And then, you know, my mama's side of the family was churchgoers, and my daddy was militant. You know, he was a Marine, so if he listening to Prince and they, you know, my mama listening to gospel, but we had to be in church every Sunday with my mama or whenever we had to be in church. So, you know, my music inspiration just came from, you know, my dad would like, watch a lot of uh, 
Bruce Lee movies. Hmm. And so if you hear a lot of my sound, like I, I might use some strings or some crazy. It come from that. Okay. But he he would also like Prince. You know what I'm saying? My mama was like more so uh church, but she was a Michael Jackson fan. So it's like I would have to listen to that like all day. Like just music just playing all day in the house from the time like it's time to go to school. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's where the music inspiration comes from. Like it's in me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know. So it come from it come from family. Okay. You know? Who were some of the producers that you had looked up to when you first started? Man. To be honest, man, I just really I, I really studied Prince a lot. Okay. But I couldn't, you know, I bought a I bought a bunch of guitars. Like I done made a couple beats with guitars, but I can't play it. Like <laughs> I think my hand's too big or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I've been trying to do it. I could make beats all day with it. Like I could, you know, I could I could trick some, I could fool some people. You know what I'm saying? But uh it was really like Prince and, and you know, being that my mama was a Michael Jackson fan, I, I studied Quincy Jones. Like I was always intrigued of who was making the music. Mm -hmm. So I would read the credits back then, like on the back of the record. You know, it's like people don't read them. They don't read the credits now. You know what I'm saying? So that would be my- Can't even find the credits anymore. Yeah, yeah, that too. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you know, um, you know, when I got older, it was like, uh, it was like uh, DJ Taz, um, Kizzy Rock, Three Six Mafia, um, uh, Pimp C. <laughs> okay. Uh, damn. I think that's all I, you know, I think that's who I listen to the most. You know what I'm saying? Coming up. And whoever was producing Do or Die. They was I don't know who that was, but whoever <laughs> whoever was producing Do or Die. And then I can't forget Devontae. Because all that shit, Devontae, the, the minute over, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, all the hit that um Devontae was doing for pop, like it was just like that was hard. I was like, <laughs> man, like, so Devontae, Devontae. Yeah, so I just, you know, I got all of them in me. What did your first beat sound like? My first beat sounded like 3C Mafia. Okay. <laughs> no cap. Because that's family, you know what I'm saying? Like, I actually was supposed to be signed with them, you know, but oh, I just really? didn't want to go back to Memphis. <laughs> so, you know, uh, my, first, my first beat actually sounded like 3C Mafia. You know, and then uh, I ended up making my own sound with when I did drama. Okay. So yeah, left, yeah. right, left, man. Yeah, because all my beats would sound like Three Six Mafia because it's my family. Like you know, what I'm saying it's like they had the hardest beats to me. You know what I'm saying? So I always imitated they beats. You know, what I'm saying because that's family. You know, so I always would make a Three Six Mafia type of beat. You know what I'm saying? And this is like before, like everybody was still on uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Mm -hmm. Like people didn't know about uh, DJ Paul underground tapes and Juicy J underground. I knew about it, you know what I'm saying? Cause I was, 
I was actually in Memphis going to school because my dad was stationed there. So I, I saw them in the streets going hard before the world seen them. And uh, it's just dope because they, they wanted me to go back to Memphis, but I was just like, man, I ain't, I didn't want to be around my daddy. I was like, nah, nigga, <laughs> fuck that nigga. I want that nigga popping up over here, kicking the hypnotized by the door shit. He think y'all niggas is devil worship. He's always just come take my tapes and shit. I couldn't stand that shit, but I just told him I want to do my own thing. So, um, the really shit I can say is like before drama, like drama hit real big in the city. But a lot of people seen me with Three C Mafia. When Three C Mafia was hot, I was opening up for Three C Mafia. Or I'll be on the stage with Three C Mafia when they came and did birthday bashes. Like you can go look at 97.5 birthday bash, Project Pack done lift me up on stage. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm always there with them. Cause I had a group too called 404 Soldiers that was big. Like, you know what I'm saying? In Atlanta, they had this song called Walk Like a Soldier. So I was doing my own thing. So it was like, every time they was in the city, like they made sure I got the promo too. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's always, it's always dope. Like I was just talking to Paul, like, um, me and Paul went in and did some working for Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I had posted that, I posted the footage and then Paul hit me like, bruh, you know you gotta take that down. They, they finna steal that shit right now. <laughs> I was like, man, they ain't gonna do it like us. He was like, you right, keep it up there. So I was like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, nah, but Paul, three shit, my friend, my friend, man, I'm glad to see him and Juice. You know, everybody, you know, uh, back together man that's my biggest thing you know just seeing them back together i think that's why it keep keep my loyalty you know what i'm saying I, you know so strong with people i want to deal with because it, it, you don't want to see the great ones uh fall out mm -hmm. you know shout out to dj paul man <laughs> i need my red hypnotized mind hoodie nigga. asap <laughs> so drama left right left yeah, yeah. Let's hit Billboard. <laughs> that, that was a huge song at the time, man. Man. Yeah. It was like, shout out to the troops, you know, the militant people. They supported that record. That record blew up because of the Marines and the Army and everybody. And then Chi-Town. Chi-Town was his biggest market, and he never did a show there. Really? Yeah. Like, they still playing in Chicago. Like to this day. Yeah, so talk about creating that sound for him though. Like you said, you were making three six mafia type things <laughs> and now you're coming up with something totally different. I mean, you know, it was it was like I had I had my own sound and like whenever somebody come and uh, want a custom beat, and this is what I tell people, it's like, I'm not the producer you call to send beats. I'm the producer you call to create something fresh, something new with you as an artist and a producer, not a beat maker. So that's how I was trained, you know, because the OGs used to do it, Lil Johns, and I studied from Lil John and, and Jazzy Faye. That was later on, and you know what I'm saying, when I eventually uh, got successful to be around those type of people, you know what I'm saying? And um, the thing with, with drama was, like, he knew what he wanted. So it was like, 
it was like, you know how you used to be back in school and people be rapping in this. He was doing it on his chest. So I'm like, and he was singing the song. He was, you know what I'm saying? It was doing it. And like, you could feel it. Like he was like, he wasn't like lightly hitting his chest. <laughs> he's pounding it. Yeah, he's pounding it. Like guerrilla mode. Like, you know what I'm saying? Guerrilla warfare type shit, platoon type shit. And I felt it. And when I seen him do that, I said, I'm gonna try to give him exactly what he want. You know what I'm saying? And I gave him exactly what he wanted. <laughs> For sure. And and that ended up, you know, making me one of the youngest producers in the big, you know what I'm saying? How old were you at the time? I was like 15 turning 16. Oh, wow. <laughs> Because you, the record came out independent first and blew up. Yeah, before so by it got time, signed. Yeah, so by the time it um, was on MTV and was blowing up on the charts, I was turning like probably 17 or something like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and it's like to be, to see that you number three <laughs> in the billboard, we sit up here like, Man, we just gotta beat Missy Hot Boys. You know what I'm saying? And it was crazy. It was crazy. So it just made me work hard. I was like, I was like, oh man, like I gotta work harder. So, you know, that's what I did. I just sat back and just, you know, I didn't hang out, I didn't do nothing. I just sat back and focused on, you know, what's the next level I'm gonna go in yeah. producing. Yeah. You know. So how'd you link up with Jeezy or Lil J at the time? Lil J. Um I had a partner from um, from making. I used to, like I was big. Like I was I was part of this group called the City Boys, and we was a young group. And I had just came in, like right after the the first album came out. So they was a big group. So we was always performing. You know what I'm saying? Like kids, and we was big. We was doing the chitlin circuit. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So it was like. When, when Twin Production decided to separate the group because the other people in the group wanted to cuss, they was like, okay, we just gonna focus on Charter Red because he a producer and an artist. So we just gonna focus on him as an artist. So they took me through the same chitlin circuit that they made the City Boys hot with. And I had this, this partner of mine that, that was affiliated with everybody and he was a blood. So you would see me with the bloods out there making, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I was always cool because I wore red. Like I'm, I'm probably like the only person that can wear red because my name shot a red and people get it. <laughs> yeah. And nobody really tried me, you know what I'm saying? Like far as no gang shit. But it was like, he didn't want, he introduced me to Lil J. And uh, once he introduced me to Lil J then, when me and Lil J realized that we was down near the same, like, you know what I'm saying? We was just alike. That's how the bond came. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Trap or Die, the song. Talk mm -hmm. about creating that one. Oh, man. <laughs> that song really changed the, the sound. I mean, it, it's so many ways I could talk about it. It was just like, You know, it's 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 like a politically correct way to say it, and then it's a give us the raw, the truthful. Raw. I mean, you know, to be honest, man, like 
to be honest, man, I never said it, but I'm I'm just I'm just say it. To be honest, man, me and me and bro weren't seeing eye to eye when the deal happened. So they really basically shelved them. They didn't know how to market. You know what I'm saying? So one of my people brought them to my new house that I was in. I cussed my people out like, why you, why you, you know what I'm saying? And he dropped off a bag. It was a Gucci bag worth of money. He said, I apologize, bro. Like, <laughs> we got to get it done. And that's how we ended up doing Trap or Die. True. So it's like there's footage, but then I had the real footage. So the footage that was on the, 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 the DVD, my footage is way different. <laughs> and I'm in it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you go look at that footage, you'll be like, okay, why well, saw the red night in this footage? So it one of them things, like, it was like, damn, you know, I helped you out again. Then you just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know what I mean? I was just like, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? So that's why um, the records got less and less. You know what I'm saying? As far as the project. Because yeah. I really didn't want to be a part of it no more. Hmm. But publishing-wise, and the people that, you know, signed us for what we do, it was politically correct for us to work together. Okay. So that's, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. So um, just let me ask you this. What's your thoughts on trap music going from like this underground genre to now it's mainstream, it's worldwide? I mean, I love it. I love it. I just, you know, I love it because, you know, they told me the sound, you know, when I was doing it, when I first started it, by the way, you know, they said it wouldn't work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the seed it is winning. Like, I enjoy it. Like, I like that it's still out there. I like that it's this, you know, people making money off of something that people told me wasn't going to work. You know what I'm saying? I told people that was before me, they told me to go hard for what we believe in. You know what I'm saying? So it's like to see how relevant it is now, I think it's dope. You know what I'm saying? Only time I don't like it is like when it's the negative, the negative trap, you know. Mm -hmm. That's the only time I don't like it, you know. Are you aware of how many producers today that you inspire? I'm, I'm aware, but you know, <laughs> a lot of them don't give me my, my credit. You a know, lot but, that's come sit here on this porch do give you your credit, just so you know. A lot of them do. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> salute to those, but you know, it's still, people got to remember, it's still a competition thing, because it's yeah. like, you know, I get it though. But sometimes people be taking shots at me and it's like, bro, I'm not even, I'm over here. I'm not even thinking about you. Like, why are you calling me out? And, you know, my big homies, they be like, don't bite the bait, y'all. You know what I'm saying? But. Motai, I get what it is. It's just friendly competition. It's like you get tired of somebody telling you you sound like somebody you actually sound like. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing. And that's what I know. I know to this day everybody sound like me. So the red don't sound like nobody else. But I know that for a fact. But you know, me being in the business so long, I just know how you can, you know, success can manipulate your mind on who you really are. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, 
I always be telling people like this. I say, I say, if if I really didn't care about trap music, I said I could sue everybody <laughs> in the business because whoever leaked my sounds out and you got that, that's my actual voice. Really? You get what I'm saying? So whatever engineer leaked that. So when you heard that, and everybody was using that. That was my actual voice. So when you think about it, it's like, if I wanted to be like an asshole, I could have just been like, hey. Cause you see DJ Paul ain't playing it. That's family. He, me and him, he tell me he's suing somebody every two days. I'm <laughs> he just like, God, he doesn't damn, play. You feel me? You can't like, sample anything. He do it. Like, I, I see it. Like, damn, DJ Paul just got 16 million of a, uh, <laughs> And, he, and he, we be sitting there, we just be laughing. He like, nah, so did you let it blow up? They they coming now, they finna, they, they finna sample you now. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, and I don't, I don't even wanna do that. I just, you know, just give me my respect for what I done did for the culture, man. And I ain't even trying to, I'm over here, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I ain't trying to compete with nobody. I'm over here, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I just want to make my money and go to the strip club and get, you know, kick it on the beach with a, a bad bitch or something, <laughs> or two or three, you know? Real shit, man. Um, so, doesn't upset you when you see people making shorty red type beats right now and selling them on YouTube? Nah, they've been doing that shit since MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> since YouTube even really blew up. like. And I tell people that to this day, I say, okay, since such and such, since you think such and such is bigger than me, go see how many Shot of Red type of beats is on YouTube. <laughs> go, you go count it up and see how many the other people shit is. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, some, something I, I tend to not even, you know, uh, entertain, you know what I'm saying? Just like how they was doing the, uh, the trap music, who invented trap music, the T.I. and Gucci shit. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to explain it because Complex wouldn't explain it for me. And they said, oh, it was Shot of Red or whoever. You get what I'm saying? So I didn't have to even put my two cents in it. It was just like, okay, the facts, facts beat cases. You know what I'm saying? You know, because at the end of the day, I was the Jermaine Dupree for the streets. You know what I'm saying? Jermaine hate that, by the way. You know what I'm saying? I was the JD, like all the dope boy, the trap niggas came to me. You know what I'm saying? Cause I was connected to the industry niggas. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I wasn't the industry niggas. Niggas know, pull up, pull up at Strokers. That's Charter Red office. You pull up <laughs> over there, you serious? He finna take you to the studio right now if you got the bag. You feel me? He gonna produce you right now. You gonna be recorded, boom, boom, boom. Go back to the club and my DJ playing that shit right then and there. <laughs> and them niggas is like, wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, that nigga wasn't playing. Mm -hmm. You know? So. so how'd you first link up with Gucci? Uh, my boy Management hooked me up with Sign, Sign Yourself Records with HB in them. You know, Management was signed to, uh, you know, uh, JD. Back in the day, he had that song, I think, with rule number one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he was hot. He was hot in the street. So management hooked me up with Sign Yourself Records, HB and them. And um, I was actually supposed to be producing Fultray. So 
I ended up doing a project on Fortray. And then the next time, like, like I, I would say like the next week they came to my house, they bought Gucci. So uh, when Gucci seen how fast I made the beat for Fortray, they ended up doing this. He wrote so fast, they ended up doing a song together. I think we called Brick Man or something. And um, that's how me and Gucci ended up working. You know what I'm saying? So, you know. What was it like hooking up with him during those times? Because he was relentless back then. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't like, I don't like, that's the thing. Like, nobody ever, like, anybody that, I knew these guys before everybody else knew them. So, like, they had the utmost respect for me. Like, they was in my house, like, around my girl, my kids, you know, my stepkids, you know what I'm saying, whatever. Like, my family members, like, they was in my house. Like, I used to bring niggas to my house. So, they respected me. And they looked up to me because they were like, man, he the only nigga that's like us that we really can fuck with that's really in this shit. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody loved the drummers. Everybody knew about drama. So everybody knew the success of me being shot red off of the drama. People grew up off of it. So it wasn't like, I never seen the, the crazy side of Gucci. I, like these sides, I never seen these sides until, you know, it was something else. You feel me? Mm -hmm. Since you worked with both Jeezy and Gucci at the same time, did you ever feel like you had to step in and try and help squash their beef at all? I mean, I tried several times, but what people don't mention is, I think Gucci might have said it once, once or twice, but I'm the one linked Gucci man and Jeezy up. I was working on both of they streets. I was working on streets is watching and Gucci man trap house at the same time. So it was like, soon as Jeezy leave, Gucci pulling up. Sign yourself work. So they were in and out of my house, like, mm. and I was staying on Tar Boulevard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So these niggas coming way out there, you know what I'm saying? And spending the bag, like, you feel me? I put them niggas on the phone, yeah. Mm. And nobody talk about that. And then they went, and I was pissed off. You know how Zaytoven, like, it's a story out there, Zaytoven was, like, cause Gucci told me, he was like, he was like, man, Zay was mad about something. It was about something that like, I, he had, Gucci did a song with me and somebody else. And I was like, shit, I felt the same way when y'all went and did Black Tea. And I put you and Jeezy on the phone together. I was like, y'all went and did So Icy and did the Black Tea. Cause remember the Black Tea had Bond B, Lil Scrappy. It had like everybody that was hot on that Black Tea record. And it was produced by Zayto. And I'm like, how y'all, I plugged y'all niggas together, then y'all go do some beats with, with another nigga that's trying to sound like me. And that's what, you know, that's what, <laughs> that's what I was thinking at first. You know what I'm saying? So you know, you know how that stuff go. So, you know, um, to make a long story short, like I linked them up and then when the shit happened, I was in the middle of it. So it was like, I couldn't, you know, they, they both knew like, you can't put me, you know what I'm saying? So that's why, I, to this day, people still ask, like, how was I able to still produce Gucci and still produce Jeezy? Hmm. But they had the respect for me. Like, I would tell Gucci, I was like, if you think you finna do a diss record on, on, bruh, that ain't happening. Not on your beat. 
Nah, not on my beat. And I would say the same thing to Jesus. Like, nah, we not. No, sir. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Y'all ain't no, sir. You know what I mean? And then, you know, a lot of it just, I kind of separated myself from, it was a time where I separated myself from both of them because I started getting the entourage niggas fucking with me and my kill. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, we got niggas just trying to earn stripes fucking with, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I got to deal with the CTE niggas and then the, 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 the 1017, the bricks, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like, come on, man, we, nigga, we just make the beats because we ain't got nothing to do with all that. <laughs> but if you fuck with us, we going to fuck some shit up, yeah. period. Leave us alone, you know what I'm saying? We just want to give you some beats. That's it. That's all, you know what I'm saying? But, it, you know, a lot of shit didn't happen like that. So, you know, as a man, like, you ain't going to let situations, you know, you know, uh, threaten your, your well-being or your family well-being. So, you you know, that's kind of why I'm, I've been chill now because a lot of this shit, I don't even want to be hands-on with it. Like, it's like, <laughs> now I want to email a nigga a beat because I don't even <laughs> want to be in the room with a nigga because I don't know what the fuck you bringing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know. How did you discover D-Rich? Oh, man. Uh, I was signing producers, man. I was looking for producers because my work got so overwhelming. And I was working on my album. But my album was, you know, like what Drake doing now. Hmm. You know, I was I was signed to Universal Motown. Or I think I might have been signed to MCA at the time. But either way, it was one of them, but I was signed as an artist. And my main thing was I was trying to prove that What's up, podcast land? It's your boy C. Diddy, one half of the realest podcast ever. Are you tired of the same boring, unoriginal podcast that lack depth, originality, and substance? Well, I got a solution for you. Join us here every Monday and Thursday on Revolt Podcast Network for the realest podcast ever, where we bring you the best in entertainment news, fashion, sports, music reviews, politics, and street culture with a mixture of the most powerful guests that you're going to find anywhere on the internet. Join us every Monday and Thursday for the realest podcast ever. I could do other type of beats. Like I was a real producer. So I had like, like the album going to be called AT Alien. I had already got the cosign from Big Boy. Okay. And, and three stacks to call it AT Alien. So how I was coming was like, you probably going to get like one trap. But you was gonna actually hear me just like, you know, all my shit, like, you know, all produced by me, so you see the, the versatility. And um, my brother, my best friend, he always ran my MySpace, and D. Rich used to always hit him up, like, like all of them. And like, I never checked none of that stuff because I'm, you know, I'm not a computer dude unless I'm like on Pro Tools or something. Like, I ain't. You know, I barely work my damn Instagram <laughs> or, you know, Facebook, none of that shit. So I'm all out the loop with social media, you know what I'm saying? So somebody else handled it for me. So he was like, man, you got to, man, Lex Lewis, it's this dude, Lex Lewis, and it's this dude named d Rex. You should sign both of them, bro. I said, I said, nah, you know, that's a lot of money to kick out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, my thing, I'm just like, you know, 
I wouldn't get my money. You get what I'm saying? As a producer. So I'm like, okay, I can only take one. So I'm like, let's see, let's see who got the best work at it. So I would work on. You know what I'm saying? I would, you know, I would just have bro just like, like tell him same beat, tell him same beat, tell him same beat. You know what I'm saying? And uh, then I just sat down with my team and I was like, which one y'all think that I would get along with better? Which one you think that would really listen to me and not be the high head? And everybody agreed it would be D-Rich. So I signed D-Rich. You know what I'm saying? And it just so happened that before I even signed D-Rich, he was like, he was young. I think he was like 18, like turning 18 or something. So his parents, it was something like that. His parents couldn't even sign the contract. You know what I'm saying? So the funny thing about it was, I ain't talked to Jeezy in like a few years because of the situation. You know what I'm saying? With the Gucci man and all that shit. So I ain't talked to nobody. I just was doing my own thing. Then I get the phone call. Like, man, bro, send me some beats. You know what I'm saying? So I sent him some beats. He, he hit me back. I think Nico might have recorded the shit. And it was who that? Really? So <laughs> I'm coming in Dirty South. Was it Dirty South Studio? It was, I think it was Dirty South Studio or something. Like, I only been there like a couple times or something. You know what I'm saying? As soon as I walked in, it was like, man, uh, y'all got a crazy. Everybody like, y'all got a crazy ass song. I'm like, what you mean, y'all? Like, bro, went in. <laughs> but when he called me, he was like, Shawty, I want you to get on this song with me. So I said, I'm on the way. So I get there, and everybody like, I'm talking about everybody, and I'm like, man, this shit hard, bro. Y'all got one. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, what the fuck? So he, he just pressed play. And I just listened to it. I was just like, he's like, get what the song is. He like, song called Shawty Red on track. So he was like, I want you to do the hook. So in my mind, I'm sitting here like, this nigga would want to give me my own theme song, <laughs> and I ain't even produce it. It's my little yo producer, right? So I like, shit, I ain't finna tell this nigga now. I go in there and do the hook. That's why I say featuring Shot of Red. Mm -hmm. But if you listen to it, motherfucker trying to figure out which one is Shot of Red. It's safe. You know what I'm saying? I'm the one doing the hook. But everybody, like, they sound so much alike. Hmm. So you listen to who that, I'm the one doing, I'm the one doing the hook. You know what I'm saying? So he talked about it in the interview. He was like, yeah, Shout Red Timberland me. He, he did the Timberland with me, with D-Rich <laughs> and shit. You know what I'm saying? I was like, that's the only way I knew how to sneak him in. Because, you know, Jesus not gonna, uh, uh, except beats from everybody. He's so used to me making custom beats, so I had to sneak that shit in. <laughs> so that's what it was. I'm sure he's happy you did, though. That was oh yeah, that song because was huge. you know that was our first single, mm -hmm. and and the crazy shit was dope about it. It was like, you know that 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 made D Rich be a household name, platinum producer. You know what I'm saying? He ain't there doing his own thing. You feel me? And uh, it was a win for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Our first single, we shot a video. That was the first time people seen us together. Hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's why we had all them people in there. Like, they was like, damn, you shoot together. Oh, we got to see that. Yeah. So they just, everybody just pulled up. And you and D Rich still cool today, right? Yeah, me and D Rich. D Rich just pulled up on me last week. 
<laughs> it is. Yeah. All right, so Drifter, man. This this was huge song that you had. Man. man. <laughs> what you want to know about? Well, I know Snoop wanted to get on it, and you put him on the remix, right? So how did that all come about? Man. I got this homegirl. I, I got a homegirl. She, she, her name Roxy Runner, she was a porn star. So <clears throat> she was doing her school. We was just, you know, kicking in and shit, you know. So she was going to college and shit at the time. So she was be able to, so we got drunk one night and she was like, shout out, go on scene. I was like, okay, go scene. You know what I'm saying? So everybody just went in the booth. Like we had one of them little Remy nights. So everybody just went in the booth. And just, I recorded everybody, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> to the point where I go in the booth, then I get recorded. And I'm just like, I'm like, all right, cool. Everybody liked the song. It was one take. Next thing I know, shit, a week later, the shit leaked. <laughs> Do you know who leaked it? Yeah, I know who leaked it. <laughs> I know who leaked it, but it's like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, man, what the fuck? Who did that shit? You know what I'm saying? And then the song was just playing everywhere. Like, it was on the radio. I was like, they was making clean version. It was big in the street club. I was like, man, what the hell going on? And then Dad's called me. Because Dad's always come to my house anyway. Dad's and Corrupt. They always, they, they always been trying to get me and Snoop to do some stuff. It was just timing. You know what I'm saying? But um, Dad called me like, hey. Snoop want that record, but I said, what record? He loves my drilling. So dad's singing it to him. I'm like, man, what the So I like shit. He can have that shit. I don't want that shit. And then <laughs> Sylvia Rome called me. So you know who Sylvia Rome is, right? She was with Universal Motown. So Sylvia Rome, I got the phone call from Sylvia Rome, and she liked the song. So now I got a deal off a drunk song. <laughs> <laughs> That just leaked out. Man, not only did I get a deal, they gave me a deal as an artist and they made me A&R at Universal Motown. <laughs> so I got two checks, you feel me? So I was like, damn. So Snoop, he hit me, he was like, nephew. He was like, man, let me get the record. I'm in the city, he was at Dirty South. <laughs> and I was like, nah, I can make you one up. So I made him one on the spot and I sent it to him. And he would, I sent it to him. And I recorded it, you know what I'm saying? I sent it to him, he's like, did my first single. He was like, I'm gonna send it to you. He's like, I'm about to head back to LA. I'm gonna record it and I'm gonna send it back to you and then you go do what you do best. And then by him saying that, that was like, as soon as I send it to you, nigga, go play it in the strip club. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Go play it at Strokers. Give it to DJ Funky, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like shit like that. So he sent it to me and I was playing that shit. I was playing sexual seduction in, in the club the same night he recorded that oh, shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> and the crazy thing about it, DJ Quick recorded him, and DJ Quick mixed the record. So DJ Quick was amped up. So I'm in Stokers with DJ Funky with the record. I can't give you the record. So he called it Snoop. So we just in the club, and Snoop talked to all the women in the club because they liked the <laughs> record. Like, so he was like, man, go to the next club. So I would go to Magic City and do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? And then the record just took off. Nominated for a Grammy. Nominated for a Grammy. Song of the year. I mean, that's, I think I retired. I retired then. 
<laughs> you retired? I, yeah, I think that was like the record I was, yeah. That was like my last record. Hmm. Yeah, I retired after that. Yeah. All right, before we get you out of here, I just gotta ask you, man, there's this pick that floats around of you, Gucci, Walker, and Bushwick Bill. Do you remember that night? Yeah, I brought them to the cave. <laughs> I got this little Jamaican club that I do all my back to school giveaways. A lot of people don't know. I never promoted, but I always like was it's indicator. I would cover to highway. Um, I would always throw back to school for the hood because I'm from. I'm you know I'm a Decatur B, so I would always do the back to school thing. So, um, shout out shout out to my boy Sound Boy. He did. Uh, so yeah, like I just started bringing everybody to the cave. You know what I'm saying? To the point where I brought Jesus to that motherfucker. I don't brought everybody. I brought Lil John to that motherfucker. <laughs> like for real. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, uh, that picture was just like, we, we shit. We was out there stroking. And I was like, shit, let's go to the garage. That's what we call it. See, stroke is my office. And then at the part of the garage, cause it's right around the corner. You feel me? So, you know, when people still, cause you know, most of the time, like all the girls that did from struggles, they want to count their money up. They still want to party. Like they've been working all night. They want to get drunk fucked up. So it's like, she need at the party at the cave. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it was. You know, so that picture with me, Gucci, and, I think Walker Flocker was in there yeah, too. Yeah, Walker's right? in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was that. Was, I think that was like the first time I had uh, brought them over there when it got remodeled. Okay. Yes, you were mentoring Sunny Digital. Yeah. How'd yeah. you? Did you discover him? How'd you link up with Sunny? Nah, my boy Self, R.I.P. Self. Self was my uh, personal engineer. Self first, you know. Self knew I was signing producers, like it was right after I uh, signed D Rich. So Self, um, I'm sure y'all know who Self is. Self Ferguson, he was engineer for Future. Mm -hmm. um, he brought me Metro Boomer, Sunny Digital, and B Weezy. Oh, sure. <laughs> so B Weezy was teaching Sunny Digital and Metro Boom, how to do uh, Fruity Loops. But they all had their own individual sound, but B. Weezy was the teacher. So instead of me signing Sonny Digital, I signed B. Weezy. <laughs> so when I signed B. Weezy, I had wrote this song for Ray J and Gucci. It was like, do you remember when I met you, girl. Everything was all right. So they shot the shit on Ray J's show and shit for the love of Ray J. They shot the video on that. But I wrote the song, so they were playing the shit. And my thing, my, my pet peeve is, uh, not to get sued <laughs> from nobody. So, I, you know, to make a long story short, some niggas had B. Weezy sign. He sued us. That's why the record stopped. <laughs> and the record was big. The record got shut down because it was all truth. And then I let B. Weezy go. And once I did that, I, I, I was like, you know what? 
Fuck it. I don't want no more producer. Hey man, it's your boy Shard. It's your boy G Downs. Here from Bad Speakers Podcast. If you're a fan of Bad Speaker Podcast, then be sure to check and subscribe to Bad Speakers Podcast. A show that covers interviews, music, hip hop, sex, barbershop talk, anything that you want from the culture and podcast. And it's brought to you by exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip hop, powered by creators. Hey man, if you want that real, tune in to Bad Speakers Podcast. Uncut, unadulterated, real. Hip-hop barbershop talk.